This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. Cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. Buffalo Bills take a big win over the Patriots Thursday night football. And the Sabres have another decent week. Will they have another? We shall wait and see. Along with the usual would you rather, hotcakes, trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I am joined by Dom Loss for today. Dom, it's a fabulous Tuesday. The Bills won on Thursday night football. The Sabres won their most recent outing. Well, how, how are you feeling? I mean, it's, it's a good week to be a Buffalo sports fan. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't say that for the last. I mean, last week was a good bounce back week, and now two, two good weeks in, a row, weeks in a row. Or is a, is a pretty solid, solid start to December. Yeah, yeah. Uh, November was a rough one, that's for sure. But <laughs> as usual with all Buffalo sports, but let's let's take a look at this uh, this Bills victory over the New England Patriots. Belichick let them kneel the clock out for the last t- two minutes, basically. So uh, they basically rolled over and showed their belly. Uh, they Belichick knew there was no saving it. The Bills were showing mercy, but <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just they said it was over. Jim Nance or who was calling the game? Elm. L. No. L. Michaels and Chris yeah. yeah, L. Michaels. L. Michaels. It was Amazon Prime, right? First one the Bills had. Um, he said the Bills are the Bills are saying this is over. Let, let's end this now. And he was absolutely right. We didn't need to punish them 47 to 17 like last time, but this was a very, very smart game overall, I would say. I mean, they ran the clock, Dorsey ran the ball. They they got that. It was a little shaky at first. They were down seven to three. That was a little nerve-wracking. I was like, oh boy, here we go. But they actually ended up pulling out the win 24 to 10. And it was, it was, it was nice because we got the lead and ran the clock. We had like nine minutes of possession on each drive from there on out. So, I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think it was a worker men's uh, mentality game offensively. Obviously you're playing against Bill Belichick, one of the best defensive minds of all time. And they have a very good defense. And I think it was a step really in the right direction for the bills to become, you know, more than a one dimensional offense. Uh, they were able to run the ball against a, against a pretty good, you know, run defense and of a banged up offensive line. Yeah, you know, about your probably your best, not probably, but the your best, best offensive lineman, uh, your left tackle, the line side for Josh and you know, Quisenberry, you know, did his best, but he was banged up, and I mean, he's a big reason why the that strip sack by Uche happened. Yeah, uh, he didn't even lay a finger at him. I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> you and just then, blew past, yeah. I think it's an interesting game from the perspective of the offense because you see that they only, I mean, only, but they scored 24 points. And honestly, I think it's easily they've been, I don't know if they're best, but a really, probably one of their better outings of the entire season just based off opponent 
you know, the last two weeks they played, you know, the Browns and the Lions who aren't very good defensively. So, yeah, they scored more points against those teams than they were supposed to. I think 24 points against the Patriots, especially how they scored 24 points because, really, I mean, the game was over after one play in the fourth quarter. I yeah. think that sometimes I think that's sometimes really hard to kind of realize is is that that game was over one play in the fourth quarter and then the Bills got the ball back offensively for one more drive where they kind of just try to run the clock out mm-hmm. and the Patriots weren't really threatening them and they didn't really need you know the urgency to push so really they had twenty four points and three hundred and something yards first play in the fourth quarter and if they needed to. They could have probably done more. So I'm, I'm again like, I think it's just a really impressive performance all around, all the way around. I mean, and then we, I mean, we haven't even talked about defensively. Just no. A, other than really, other than I would say in the beginning of the game, Leslie Frazier being a, a little bit blitz happy. Yeah. Uh, and Mac Jones burned him on the one play to Marcus Jones. Other than other than that play, I mean, they just they were phenomenal. Uh, and then that one drive where Stevenson had like three straight runs of ten yards or what you know he started like in some ground game. Other than that, like. The defense played really solid for for most of the night. Yeah, it's it's definitely nice to see the defense back healthy. I mean, Tremaine being back was a huge, huge difference. And Epinesa and Rousseau. Epinesa got back there. He blew by. I was not expecting I'm it. I'm surprised that wasn't a 15-yard penalty because the way he like <laughs> he dove into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a pile driver almost. But I mean, hey, you gotta love it. I think Von Miller rubbed off on him a little bit. I mean, we were questioning him for a while, so I think he was, he's rubbed off on that entire edge rushing core, and it's really cool to see. I mean, I don't know. It was just a good game. Belichick had no answer. Well, well, well I, I think the D-line needed to step up this game. Obviously, you're, again, you're down your best player on that line, yeah. and you're against a team that has a solid offensive line other than the right tackle spots, so it can't be. Um, and they have a good ground game. So, I mean, it was really going to be a testament of wills for this Bills D-line, and they did a phenomenal job against the run. For most of the night, I, again, Stevenson had a couple of runs, where he, it was, but those was like arm tackles. Like he, it wasn't the really. I would fully say the D line. I didn't feel like it didn't feel like he ever like got through untouched where he had the full set of steam. Um, in my opinion, and then I mean they got constant pressure on Mac Jones after they adjusted without having to blitz before. I mean, Buggy Bash yeah. was flashed. Greg Rousseau was a beast throughout the night. I'm, I'm upset for my boy Greg that he didn't get a sack. <laughs> Epinesa, I got that, I got that down, and then multiple times where Jones was running around for like twenty seconds. I mean, it was nice for him to burn the two minute warning. I don't know what he was doing there, but yeah. Again, I, I think it was a really good performance overall by this defense, but it starts up front uh, with the D line setting the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you had to take one person, I know we said the defense as a whole here. Who's who really stepped up and and did the Patriots in on this Thursday night primetime outing? Yeah, I think the running backs did. I think the running backs had a fantastic night. I mean, James Cook had a combined 110 total yards. Mm-hmm. was easily his best uh, pass-catching game, 6 for 41. Uh, became more quarterback-friendly uh, for Josh in those checkdowns and did a good job getting yards. And I thought he was really good, very explosive in the run game. Uh, the only thing that he needs to avoid doing is avoid the turf monster because he kept slipping. I don't yeah. know how to fix that per se, but <laughs> I just thought he was really good. I thought Devin was very good the whole night. I know Devin's stats are going to look like he only, I mean, he ran, I believe, like 13 times for a 3.9 a carry. That's going to be a little bit, I think, skewed just because he didn't really have a big run. But right. they consistently, you know, with those backs, they were consistently getting three and four yards. And we've talked about how that's big because then all of a sudden you could do maybe those back-to-back runs and you get to third and short. Or you mm-hmm. do a run and you do a pass, but it's incomplete. But now you're third and six. Like you're not third and long. You're getting those third and medium, third and shorts. 
and the and the Bills were able to bleed the clock down. I mean, it was nearly two to one time session. So yeah, that defense fresh. Yeah, no, I, I would 100% agree with you. I, I think Ken Dorsey stepped up overall, I'm going to say. Just the clock management, that guy was on fire. Nine minutes total possession on offense. He was burning out New England's defense. Uh, like you said, those little three three yards per carry for Singletary, just eating up clock, letting that clock run. I mean, they played it really smart. Josh let it go when he had to. He threw when he had to, but they didn't force it every time. He wasn't playing hero ball. Dorsey was playing, calling some really good plays. I, I think... He was a big, big factor in this Bills win. He played competently. He, it was very, yeah. it was a very smart outing. I think it might have been Dorsey's best performance. I really liked how he used mm-hmm. Hines of motion. You yeah. know, he got McKenzie involved. Davis caught the touchdown. Still, I mean, I need to see some more from Dawson Knox. I was just going to see him get involved yeah. more. Gabe Davis had a little bit of a quiet game, but and that's okay because other people stepped up and he wasn't really the main focus. But I, I would like to see more Dawson Knox. But it's kind of a little bit hard. When you're really asking him to be the sixth offensive lineman, seeing you know the injuries up front, constantly having to, you know a bad right tackle on Spencer Brown, a bad banged up left tackle on David Cressenberry, he had to really chip the edges and be more of a sixth offensive lineman than be a tight end. Right. Um. So, but I think, listen, overall, I think Dorsey played well. I thought Allen played pretty played really well for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, he had a couple throws that was like that, like the one throw <laughs> on the play action. Yeah, should have been picked. He had one throw where he just tried to arm punt. And then he had one throw at the end of the half where they were just trying to, like, 10 seconds trying to get something. So, I mean, he had, like, three throws that I was like, that's not great. But mm-hmm. the rest of his throws are really solid. And then the rest of his incompletions really were drops. I mean, Devin, I know I praised him a little bit. But he he had a couple drops. Knox had a drop. Yeah. Uh, I thought Diggs had a couple opportunities to even have a bigger stack game than he did. Uh, and obviously they had the 50-yard touchdown that I think would have changed a lot of things, wiped out the board because your boy Tommy Sweeney, Sweeney uh, had, a, had a holding penalty. But I think yeah. that was tough. I mean, I, Tommy's, I mean, it's tough because, I mean, he was going to match you down, but, I mean, you would like for him not to hold because. Yeah, because that would have been. That was like the LA Rams touchdown week one. That was a sick play. Yeah. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. No, unfortunately not. It would have stacked his stat line a little bit for fantasy managers uh, who have him on their team, but. I don't know. I know. Me. I don't know. It's been been a rough season overall. We'll, We'll talk about that another time. Who at the end of this game really just did not play well for you? Who really you know, screwed the pooch in your opinion. <laughs> I think it's hard. I think it's hard because I think a lot of people gave really good efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say DeMar Hamlin. I don't think you should have got ejected for that hit. I no. think that was, I'm not saying it was, I mean, it, was it wasn't a, clean, clean, but it, it wasn't like it, ejectable. It wasn't like he was targeting him. No, I don't, I don't, I mean, should it have been a 15 year penalty? Probably, but like <laughs> in the state and age, yes. Um, he, he made a really bad play on that touchdown. He took a bad angle. He missed a tackle on the hole on one run. So he kind of had a mediocre game, but um, I don't know, man. Like I, th- I think the whole team played pretty well. I would say again, the Sweeney, like the one play, of the holding was bad. Yeah, and I would say um, Crescentberry was pretty bad. But I don't want to like completely trash on him because he was obviously really banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really, he was. Re- I mean, Josh Uche just ate his lunch, so he was, he was, he was, he was probably the guy that played the worst out of the people that were. Yeah, contributors in the game. I hate to say it, I, I'm going to go Questenberry as well. I, it's just you know. Le- Based off of just watching the game and seeing what was going on, I mean, you like you said, he's banged up too. I mean, it, it's kind of oh, tough. Oh, I'd also give a little, little bit of a, I don't know, a quick shout out, but like Naheem Himes, um, another negative two yard run. I think he has like negative six yards on the year. Uh, he needs to get that yeah. up. But also, this is the first game I think this the Bills special teams. I know the punter for the Patriots didn't play well, and the the um the folk missed a kick, but the Bills like return game. 
I thought they did a good job limiting Marcus Jones, but their return game was a little lackluster in the punt returns for Hines. He only got like three or four yards every time he, you know, it, it wasn't like great. It wasn't a smooth game in that perspective. No, no penalties though. Well, yeah, no penalties, but he's had bigger returns we've mm-hmm. seen. So, I mean, it's just kind of a, a little lull in his. his but but it's, there, it, but... I, I look at it from the perspective of the Bills and Patriots are, are very like special teams minded. So it doesn't really surprise me that the well, Patriots special teams is good. Yeah. Yeah. When you have an offensive coordinator being an, uh, an old defense and special teams coordinator, it's kind of, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> Mac Jones wasn't Tough too one. happy about that. We saw that. But, uh, Kyrie yeah. Elam was benched. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you think on that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I could hope that maybe it was just his ankle was loaded 100%, but I don't understand it. Uh, Leslie Frazier came out and said, yeah, Dane Jackson was sick a little bit, um, and didn't really practice and, um, they wanted to see what uh, Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes had to do. But I don't know. I, I mean, was Rhodes bad? No, I think Rhodes was pretty solid. Yeah. Um, Dane Jackson's still kind of just a guy for me. Uh, but I would think, you know, I'd like to see our first round pick out there. Because I think he, yeah. I think in his in his time out there, I don't think he's played bad. I think he's played, you know, pretty solid. So yeah. I think that's, you know, there must be something behind the scenes. Because I think his play on the field shows that he is at least able to at least be active and be a part of a rotation uh, even i don't know i i think they need to figure out who that number two is and kind of lock it down a little bit mm-hmm. especially with benford on ir it's really down to three people and i don't know i feel like it, i feel like elam deserves to have a better opportunity than he did than he just yeah did. they're kind of playing uh musical chairs a little bit um i was not expecting them to bench elam i thought he would have been the number two out there with trey white just for you look good yeah yeah, 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 Trey White. Yeah, that was it was much nicer to see him play more than 15 snaps in this game. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I would have liked to see Elam out there with him. I understand it in the fact that Xavier Rhodes has a little bit more experience. Experience, and you're playing a Bill Belichick offense, and who ran the ball a crap ton on us last year, and you don't know what you're gonna get. So, but I again, you like you said, first round pick. I think he should be out there. We should be testing him out a little bit at least, you know. But I don't know. It's it's just it's interesting to see the decisions made. I mean, we talk about with the Sabers all the time. It's like musical chairs down there, you know. But uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, I it, I think we got to just figure out that second second string corner and then start rotating them in and out. Maybe you know, just kind of going from there to get the rest of the depth figured out. But the the defensive line we touched on this a little bit. Epinesa, Rousseau, Oliver, they they. They filled the void of Von Miller to the best of their ability, I would say. Um, yeah, I think Daquan Jones also had a sack. Daquan too. Jones, yeah, yeah. I mean, the defense really did step up. Um, I still, to me, seeing Epinesa get a sack just kind of blew my mind. <laughs> and the way he got back there too, like you said, it should, like it, it was just it was aggressive. I, I think he's played pretty well this year mm-hmm. um, on a rotational basis. It's just that he needs to be better at finishing plays. Yeah, he has a sixty-three uh, percent missed tackle rate, which is pretty horrific. And it's yeah. a big reason why sometimes he doesn't see the field. But if he can continue, he puts himself in decent positions most of the time. So if he can um, be able to finish those plays like he did against Mac in a big spot, and especially if Von being out, if he could take the next step, Boogie can take the next step, Groot can be a stud. Um, I think I think that's huge uh, yeah. for the next three games at least with Von being on IR. Yeah, I I hated to see that because he was saying on his Von cast they're uh, protecting him from himself. You knew he was. I knew he wasn't coming back for the Jets. No, I was like, no when way. He said dude. he was going to be ready to play for the Jets. I was like, eh, I don't know, man. I, that could be. They were even talking about surgery and stuff at the that point. The only person 
that the Bills did not play conservative with their injury was Josh Allen. Allen. And he's the quarterback. Right. But I think, honestly, you have him out there for his leadership, too. You know, and not saying Von Miller doesn't promote defensive leadership, which clearly he does. I mean, look at the way they played without him. But, I mean, I don't know. That's that's your guy out there in Allen. That's the the bread that holds – or the butter that holds the team together, whatever you call it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, it's just – I don't know. I feel like Von Miller also, you got him to go to the Super Bowl, right? Like he was that cherry on top on the defense on this. Yeah, already. You're, you're, you're not winning the Super Bowl in December. No, exactly. you're not winning the Super Bowl in the first week of December. So, Ex- yeah, especially against, you know, Matt Patricia and the Patriots. I mean, like, that's just not that's not happening. But I think I kind of like it being just saying we're going to rest him up and get him ready for the postseason because that's that's where we're going to need him playing against seeing how the rest of the AFC shaping up. I mean, we're at the top now back on top which we'll talk about here in a little bit but yeah and it's in, it, we're gonna talk about it in a second but i think it's interesting too that you know the next three games he misses you know obviously the dolphins and jets game are a killer but the bears games kind of a whatever but uh you know he could potentially be back for the Bengals game which i mean that could be big one <laughs> a, a pretty a significant game for the bills so yeah yeah hopefully, hopefully i mean it's only three more games but talking about another person on the line i, I think there's you know we have moments in the season where a player leaves the lineup and you realize the void of the player and you need to give them more respect. I think a little bit hap- that happened to Mitch Morris yeah. early in the year. People were trashing him. And then all of a sudden they saw Greg Van Roden's terrible snapping against the Dolphins. They were like, yeah, yeah Mitch Morris, not too bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the same could be said for Deion Dawkins. Not like anyone was trashing Deion Dawkins, but no, I, I but... think people, you, you never hear anything about Deion Dawkins. And it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing when your left tackle does not get talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a void that needed to be filled, and we saw that. Questenberry uh, just – people were running right through the line. It, it was bad, and that strip sack, like you said, would not have happened if DDox was on that that line. And I don't know. I mean, it. it and also, we're going to touch on – he's the man of the year nominee from the Bills, which I think is pretty, pretty – a great nominee. Cool. He's he's awesome. He goes. He was at the Bandits game and then the Sabers game the next day, like this past. Yeah, week. the Saber social media. The Saber social media. He's he's out there for the community, and a lot of times these linemen, offensive linemen, they don't get a ton of hype. But Ddox, he's got that Benny the Butcher hype. He's in the Bills music video. We the Mafia. You know, I mean, he's he's pretty awesome. He's great for the the team in the city of Buffalo. So that, I mean, that's a cool nomination for sure. And I hope I hope he progresses through the 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 voting and everything but no yeah, it we'll was what happens there it was, it was very he was very missed to say very the least. well very well deserved honor mm-hmm. and uh yeah he was missed on thursday night i mean it's night i mean will I he be back about, this week we'll see i mean ankle injury morris kind of had a similar kind of thing and he was back in 10 days so yeah he definitely has two weeks because he didn't play on thursday so and, and i mean that's that's where i think the mini buy. I mean, they didn't get it last week because they played Thanksgiving to Thursday night. Now yeah. they get the mini buy, <laughs> and I think that's going to be important for you know Dion, all those Eminessa and Groot who are coming back from injury. Jordan I think Josh Phillips, too. Jordan Phillips banged up his shoulder a little bit, so that would be big for him. Mm-hmm. Josh too. You know, we could see a time. You know, we were, we've been able to see at times this in the last couple of weeks that. He just hasn't looked a hundred percent like like his throwing motion's yeah. a little bit off. So hopefully in these next ten days he could kind of you know get get the rest and get the treatment he needs to uh you know be 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 himself down the stretch. Be him. Be him. Yeah, for Josh Allen to be him. I mean it, it has been clear, you're right. 
you have been able to see the elbow injury hindering him a little bit. He said sidearm throws hurt him, which he likes to do sometimes to get those plays, you know, the, the crazy ones that he does sometimes. But I think even in this last game against the Patriots, we saw the healing I'm, process. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta stop you for two seconds. Did you just see the breaking news? No. Aaron Judge to the Giants. No way. Mm-hmm. No. No. Are you serious? Yes. This is br- like breaking, breaking? Yes, two months ago. Okay, I'm going on Twitter. Hang on one second. We got to put it. We Excuse put us. A... I apologize for our, our listeners. We're at, you you're know. gonna. You're gonna. I, I got to take a look at my Twitter. We got to see Joe's instant reaction to his buddy leaving, leaving New York. Okay, hang on. I got to look up New York so, Giants. So while while Joe gets upset with that, um, yeah, it's great that the the Bills are going to be having these ten days and be well rested for their you know two divisional games coming up, and then obviously the you know the Bears aren't a team to be. Uh, just looking over because they're a solid team associated with Fields being healthy, healthy and playing at a really good level right now. And then obviously the Bengals game is going to be a big game, and then the Patriots game. We'll see how much that matters if they're going to be resting starters in Week 18 or not. But so to advance the talk, as Joe continues to somber, um, it is cool to see that Romo and Nance are coming back to Buffalo this week for the Jets. Obviously, if you guys do not know, the Jets and Bills game did get protected by CBS. Uh, NBC did want that to be flexed to Sunday night football and the the CBS said, no, you could have uh, chargers dolphins. So that, that's going to be the Sunday night game. So the, I mean, it just makes sense that the number one crew on of CBS is coming to the Jets bills game because they literally protected the game. It wouldn't, I mean, if, the, if you were going to protect the game, if the game was like protect worthy, like the number one crew has to be there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, it's funny because even with Judge, sorry, going back to Judge for a second, signing with the Giants, uh, they they play their opener in Yankee Stadium. So that's going to be that's going to be nuts. Sorry, a little baseball talk in there. We haven't talked there since the rundown. It's been alive. But um, yeah, we, where we thought you were saying the Finns, Finns Bills flex or no, not not yet. You're talking. You're, no, you're talking Finns, about- well, Finns Chargers got flexed on the end. And, you know, it's cool to see Romo and Nance. I know they talked about during the Steelers game how they want to get back to Western New York sooner than they – I mean, I think the last time they were there before that was 2017. So it only took a couple months, and they're back. Yeah, I mean, I love when they call the Bills games. I'm going to be honest with you. They're uh, They're 2-0 this this year, the Bills. Yeah. I love Also, that kick we talked about, too. Jim Nance just absolutely jinxing the Lions kicker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm wrong. They're 3-0 with Rome on the call because I I forgot about the Thanksgiving game. Chiefs game and the Steelers game. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. But I I love Tony Romo's color commentating. I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably. He talks a little bit too much for my liking, but I I guess every every color commentator likes the sound of their own voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I were a color commentator, I'd be talking the entire time. You kidding me? But. I don't know. I wonder, just, I wonder why you do a podcast. Then. Yeah, right. I like to talk. I, I don't. I, I don't particularly like to listen to myself, though. I don't. I don't go back and listen to the whole thing. But no, I. I love Tony Romo's commentary more than Chris Collinsworth because I don't hear about the Kansas City Chiefs at all, um, and Patrick Mahomes. But you know, it, it'll. I'm glad they're coming back to Buffalo. It took them a while, but they're. They're welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. And the uh, the Finns Bills game, which was TBD for the longest time, is now Saturday Night Football. Dom's going to be working as a mobile ticket assistant, right? Or sale. What, what is your official title? 
mobile ticket team. Mobile ticket team. You can you can find him with an iPad wrapped around his neck uh, by the by the gates. Uh, <laughs> I've seen him. It's, 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 it's what a, a game. It's a sight. I, I'm excited. I, I love the fact this game could very well be for the the division. Looking at how things go, um, do I want it to be? No. Do I want to run the table from here on out? Absolutely with the Bills. Um, but I I mean it, it's going to be a big game, and they probably put it prime time because. Well, it's it's the best option for yeah. Saturday night games. So yeah, there's, there's no Saturday Saturday in the day. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just yeah, they they flex the Sunday night game to uh, Giants at Commanders, which is a trash game. I don't know why they. I don't know why they thought that game should be. It'll be another tie. But I, they must not have wanted to have flexed. Um, they must not wanted to flex the Dolphins to Sunday night football two weeks in a row. Um, but yeah. again, this this is another. You know, it'll be an interesting game. We'll see. You know, it's cool to have another kind of like night game uh, at the stadium, and yeah, we'll see, we'll see after this week what are the you know parameters of the game. Whether the Dolphins are we tied with the Dolphins? I mean, if if we lose and win, are we up two games or are we just up a game? And this is kind of a big game for the Dolphins, so it, yeah. it'll be interesting. But looking at what happened, you know, this past week, I mean, what a week to be a Bills fan! Oh yeah, I mean, come on, yeah, all these the shout song from the rooftops. All these weeks of the Bills winning, but everyone in the division wins, or like Kansas City keeps winning. What a week to be a Bills fan! Kansas City loses, <laughs> check one. Yep. Dolphins lose. You now have the division. With the Kansas City loss, you now have the one the conference. Seed. Yeah, and to top off the cake, the Jets lost. So yes, your division went one and three this week, and the only team that won was the Bills because they beat the other team in the division. Mm-hmm. Um. So and the Chiefs lo- losing, the the Titans losing again, so they're kind of out of it. The Ravens yeah. looking like trash. Unfortunately, they lost Lamar. I don't want to like, you know, be in no, yeah. that, but they weren't good with Lamar. They yeah. scored a touchdown in the last minute to win the game. So mm-hmm. uh, against the Broncos, who can't score, so that wasn't a very good performance. And you know we're starting to see a a, a real three headed monster coming in the AFC with the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. And this is a big win for the Bengals. Yeah. It's a big win for the Bengals because now the Chiefs lose again, and the Bengals and Bills meet. I mean that could really decide the AFC one seed. And the and the Bengals do have a shot now of all of a sudden. You know, obviously they're not even winning the division at the prop one because they lost to Baltimore earlier in the season, so they're losing that tiebreaker. But right, what what a week to be a Bills fan! Yeah, no, everything yeah. went everything went the way our way. Hopefully, hopefully that continues a little bit. Like, hopefully. and not everything, not everything every week has to go our way. But like, as long it's as it's nice. not the opposite direction of everything not going our way. Yeah, as long as I mean, it would be very nice to win against the Bengals and then have that extra leg up on the Chiefs as well, and the Bengals in the in the conference. Have the Chiefs at home or whoever we're playing at home in the playoffs would be fantastic. So we're not going back to Arrowhead at any point. Well, that'd I be think, really cool. I think the big thing that you know, I've been preaching about the one seed is yes, what you just said is awesome about having your home games in Buffalo, mm-hmm. but it's also the fact of the real potential now of the Bengals kind of becoming who they are and the Ravens faltering is the Bengals are probably going to win that division and they had the tiebreaker against the Titans. So they're probably at least going to be the three seed. You would think, mm-hmm. and if the Bills are the one seed, the Chiefs, ba- Chiefs, Bengals, whoever the two or three, I mean, they had to play each other. Yeah, it's you like the Bills, Bills Chiefs the played Bills, each other last year. The Bills <laughs> wouldn't have to play both Cincinnati and Kansas City; they would probably only have to play one. While the other, t- the, those other two teams would have to go through both of them. So mm-hmm. I think that's real. I think really that's the key advantage of having the one seed is you get to kind of dictate who you play. 
Yeah, no, because you're absolutely right. Because then it's like the Bengals. You, you, the Bills and Chiefs duke each other out last year, right? The Bills yeah, lose. You could have played the most overrated one seed of all time, the Titans win, and then you get to play some yeah. Chiefs coming yeah. off an overtime game. Right, and then Patrick Mahomes closes his eyes and throws into double coverage in overtime for them, but not for us. So that was, you know, that was tough. But you're right. I mean, it, it's going to be – remember those old – commercials they used to have the playoff pictures coming together you remember that <laughs> a little bit yeah yeah that you like when tyrod taylor was on the bills they did that for like one season cam newton was in his prime at that time it was a while back we're talking here that but a uh, short span yeah yeah it was only yeah. a year they only did it for a year so i don't know it, it's interesting to see how things are playing out especially you know tom brady's about to go to the playoffs with a six and what six and six record currently yeah and he's F- winning F- the F- division F- with a six and six record hey man like NFC man, man, USFL. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say on that. The the South divisions are bad. The East divisions are really good this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Every, everybody in the East, all eight teams in the East divisions are five hundred or better. Yeah, and oh, that's crazy. That's nuts. Well, the AFC East we knew was stacked. Just, I mean, based I don't know off if we thought the AFC East was gonna be stacked. I don't think we thought any of these divisions were gonna be stacked. Well, I, honestly, I thought Tua was still Tua turning the ball no, over. I, I mean, well, he's well, still kind of. I think everyone with reasonable expectations thought the Bills were going to be good. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins were going to be probably that wild card team. The Patriots might be that 8 9, 9 8 team. So they would be kind of like where they are now. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone expected the Jets to be 7 and 5. Mm-mm. I mean, I think people would thought they would be like 4 and 8 and be bad. No, the Jets have exceeded expectations. And look at the NFC East. I think people thought, yeah, Dallas could still be good. Yeah. Everyone thought a lot about the Eagles. Those two teams have kind of, I mean, even they've kind of exceeded expectations to a degree. Eagles certainly think, have. I don't think anyone thought the commanders and giants are all going to be two games above 500. So yeah. all the giants do is Brian Dable all this time and all your mom jokes in the locker room, oh, you know? God. So I don't know. Seeing that game tie was crazy to me, but yeah. Isn't the only team out of the playoffs in their division, the, the commanders at this point, all the other ones are in there. I believe so. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I would not have I would not have predicted any of this happening in, in a million years. The Welcome Giants. to the National Football League, my friend. Yeah, holy cow. But I think I think that's gonna do it for our, our bills, our bills talk for this episode of the Buffalonian podcast. But before we move into our Sabres talk, I want to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. You can find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. <clears throat> our podcast or simply visit <laughs> sportsyplus.com. So now we're going to move into our Sabres topic. Sabres actually had a decent week. Uh it was surprising. I was at the game against the Sharks. Good game. Uh the most recent Goatheads. Goatheads, got to love it. I love to see them in person. It was awesome. Um they they had a, they had a good week, Dom. I mean, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's a solid week when you go, you know, 2 and 1 in yeah. three games. And your only loss against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, it's it's a good week. I mean, obviously you beat your divisional team and the a division rival on Detroit. They've liked to have won that game in regulation. Another three goal uh, blown lead, which just can't happen. But they were able to get the job done because Jack Quinn has sick mitts, and that was a nice shootout goal. And they battled for 16 minutes against Colorado, but you would have liked for them to win that game because Colorado was pretty banged up. So it's not like they were a complete juggernaut going to that game. And especially yeah. on home ice, but against the bad Sharks team who's playing three games in four nights, and you are well well rested for having a couple of days off. I mean, you got you got to win. You got to get those those points. I mean, there's just no no. You got to get those two points. So um, yeah, to, to get to get that result is big for for a young team. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's, they're fun to watch. Even if they don't win, they're fun to watch. Like that's, that's the end of the end of the day for me. Just, just watch sitting there watching that game against the sharks, the young gunners, they're looking good. I mean, Tage Thompson is always looking good. Skinner's looking good. I mean, it's, it's really, really cool to watch. I mean, the goat heads, like you said, I, I, mean, I think I think it's cool. bizarre bizarre to think that this is like their their best offense in a decade. Like this is actually like a, a good you could now say this is a good offensive team. I mean we're yeah twenty plus games in the year. Like this is a le, you know, legit enough sample of mm-hmm. this is a very good offensive team right now on five on five. They're they're improving on right. the power play defensively. Defensively, I think I think they leave a little bit to be desired, but I think that's also because they play such an you know, a beat up, you know, big pace game, speed game that they're going to give up opportunities on the other end. Um, So I, I think that may be a little bit more of a just, I mean, how they're going to be. And then I think it's been a little bit frustrating with the, the lack of quality goaltending. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just another thing that's going to bite this team uh, is that they're, yeah. they, you know, Kevin Adams has done a phenomenal job in a lot of aspects and deserves a lot of credit, but to, for the second straight off off season, just kind of, you know, not really do anything to fix your goaltending situation is it's not, it's not, it's not a good look. Yeah. I know the, I know we've, we've talked about that for a while now waiting for Levi, you know, because <laughs> I, I remember just sitting there at that, the game against who, who, who do we see? Who, who, what game do we see together with all four of us? The Vegas box, Vegas. Yeah. Jack. How, how can I forget that? Jack Eichel <laughs> game. Just thinking, like, why wouldn't we move for a goaltender? And you said that I jogged my memory on Levi coming up. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I completely forgot about him. But he's he's the biggest good thing that's going to help this team, 100%. I, Lukanen, okay. He's know, not it. He's, he's not, not it. it. He's, I'm sorry. Go like, back to I, Rochester. I was, I was a fan of his in the preseason. I thought he deserved an opportunity. He's not getting the opportunity. And now he is just – he's just not good. And poop but, in the bed. But the fact is, there's really nothing that the Sabres can do to improve right at, at, in the short term, like right now. What are you going to put up, Malcolm Subban? He's not that good either. So no. you're just going to have to roll up a 41 year old goaltender, and you know a, a goalie prospect that just never really fully developed. And I'm especially with Comrie being out for a couple, mm-hmm. probably a couple more weeks, maybe a month. I mean, that that's pretty brutal. But you know, I th- I think this team is just. So exciting to watch. I mean, we the last I mean, back uh, you, you know, years before this, we we've been witnessed just terrible hockey. Yeah, and then we had the Ralph Kruger era where it was bad hockey, but it was low event hockey. Right, like, and then they, they played, won, went on a ten game win streak. Well, too. they they played such a way of hockey where it was like they weren't going to give you any chances, but I mean, they didn't have anyone that could produce any chances other than Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, screw it, we're going to give up some chances, but we will be sure to. You know, outchance you. We're gonna try to outchance you. And I, yeah. I think that's hockey. I mean, if you're better, I think you just gotta keep. You know, especially with the Sabres goal. Take the keep, over. Yeah, keep smashing <laughs> the overs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's so much fun to watch because it's these kids are so good right now, and it's like we could say kids because they're our age. So it's but it's like <laughs> it's like it's like but but it's like. How good are these guys going to be in a couple of years too? Right, it's like this isn't just this isn't the floor. I mean, yeah. the ceiling. This is this is the floor, and I think that's really exciting. And a lot of credit has to go to Kevin Adams and the entire development 
of these players. And we talked about a lot that Owen Power, when he was drafted first overall, was not a consensus pick. Mm-hmm. You know, people thought we should have picked another guy. We like people thought maybe he's just aligned with just a lot of physical tools, but will he ever develop? He's developed already into mm-hmm. a very good <laughs> offensive defenseman, one of the best play driving offensive defensemen in the league. Now, do mm-hmm. I think he needs to improve a little bit defensively? Sure, but he's he's 19 years old, playing in his first full season in the NHL. Like, yeah, he had an eight game sample expect? size before this season. So, I mean, look at Matias Samuelson. He's developed into now. You know, people were joking about that, roasting them for giving that contract extension, but they developed into a top four defenseman that is really important to this team, especially when you don't have a lot of really quality defensemen. And then, I mean, look at Paterka and Quinn, the first draft for, for Adams. A lot of people were questioning why Adams traded up in the second round for J.J. Paterka. You know, you don't really want to trade up in that draft. He traded up and got his guy. And look, look where J.J. Paterka is. He's a top six forward right now. Right. Yeah. Look at Jack, Jack Quinn. He was a kind of a guy that was, there was a lot of other really highly talented forwards selected right after him. And people thought, well, that was a mistake because, you know, is he really all that? And he had a really tough beginning. He had a tough first season, bounced back from the AHL to have a really good second season. And now in his third year, he got off to a slow start of the NHL level, sat a little bit, and now all of a sudden he, he's setting the world on fire. You know, he yeah. Loves heads. Four goals and six, four of six goals have been in, in those uniforms. I think he's trying to, as we speak, talk to Kevin Adams about petitioning to make them their full-time uniforms. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I love sick. it. I, they're sick. But that's another example of a guy developing. I mean, then Dalene, I know he was an Adams pick, but – as Stalin a year ago was broken, he was broken. Just 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 a year ago, he was broken, and we didn't think we were, he was going to be fixed. We thought, well, we're probably going to trade him for something because he can't be fixed. And now he's one of the top five probably leaders in the Norris race right now for the best defenseman in the entire NHL. Yeah, no, the dude's uh, Pace Thompson pays for some like sixty points or something like that. Hundred points, hundred points, something Whoa. like that. Oh. Paige Thompson, look at his development. I mean, look at Jeff Skinner's bounce back. Look at. Tyson Yost in two weeks comes from I know. <laughs> being out of the league to now being a solid NHLer. Mm-hmm. Look at Dylan Cousins now being nearly a point per game player. I told you we should have signed him to that contract extension in the summer, but uh, but, I mean, but I mean again the development of these players it's so fun because they're so young. It's not like they signed these guys. Like these are these fans saw these players get drafted, mm-hmm. and then they they've been with them throughout their entire development curve. You know the ups and the downs, and now that you see it all paying off. It's so much gratitude. Um, and you're so grateful for for these guys to be on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to then occasionally watch the line of Olsen and Millsat just completely tank your oh all, hope in, all hope in the franchise. But well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think it is just so much fun to watch this team because this team is so young and you know this is just the beginning of something really special. You know, we saw this in 05, 06 when you saw Derek Roy Jason Pommelville, Thomas Vanek, like those mm-hmm. those guys who were in the AHL for the lockout come out of the lockout now being NHLs. Ryan, I mean, there's a certain Michigan State goaltender uh, named Ryan Miller that became the goaltender. Maybe we'll have another college goaltender, yeah, from this time Northeastern eventually be the guy. But again, it's kind of it, it's very similar to those guys of first years just taking the league by storm, and they were able to go together and they won a lot of games, and it, it's just exciting to see that this is the floor and the ceiling is so high for this squad. It's also nice to see Matias Samuelson score his first credential goal. Now, was the was his goal trash? Absolutely, that was a terrible goal. Like the the goalie, I mean, Joe. I think maybe you should have saved. You could have saved that one. It was I, honestly, I'm not, it was not good. 
I could just lay down in front of the net and maybe cover more surface area. I, I don't know. It, it, to me, that I don't know. I, I can't. It was garbage time. I definitely could have done that. Strap some pads on me, put me out yep. there. Granado could definitely develop me into a goaltender better than <laughs> Ukapeka Lukanen. Come on. I don't say that, <laughs> say that, but again, it's, you know, you but you saw it, it's very funny to me to then see, you know, him jumping up and down, the excitement, the joy. You, you didn't see that for all those years. It's also You're talking Granado, Samuelson when he scored. Oh, Samuelson scored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole bench up and down, the everyone on the ice like hugging and stuff. You didn't yeah. see that for the longest time, and it's also cool to see like when you see these huddles when they score. It's like, yeah. J.J. Paterka, he's 20. Jack Quinn, 21. Dylan Cousins, 21. Matias Samuelson, I think, is 22. Rasmus Medellin, 22. Like, all five of the players on the ice are 22 and under. And you're like, and they're all pretty much going to be signed for the long term, pretty much, eventually, you, you would expect. So, it, it, it's just exciting. Again, it's another thing that makes this team so fun to watch. They seem like such a tight-knit team. And they really yeah. care for each other's achievements. The camaraderie is there, which, like you said... Has not been the case in a lot of recent the Jack years. Era, yeah, yeah, not, the cancer nothing. in the locker room. The dude spread like malignant melanoma through everyone. It was just like I, I couldn't even. I don't know. You could see it too. Like it was just the way they played. Eichel did everything right. It was it was Eichel. It was Eichel's Eichel show. It was him, you know. And with hockey's not an individual sport. No offense, unless it's a shootout. And it was not. A, it was not not, <laughs> not not always a shootout. So it's just like. It, the team is is glued together now. Granado's in the center of it. Adams drafted this team perfectly. You have older, more experienced people like Tuck in the mix, too. I mean, he's not even older, though, in the whole he's like 26. aspect. He's 26. Like, come on. Like, that's not even – he's not still old. in his 20s. Like, I, I just think there's so much to look forward to. Um, the concern right now is that they're a little bit top-heavy. The top six is producing so much of their offense. And the bottom six has been kind of – Meh, to an extent. I mean, I think, yeah, and we'll talk about the lines right now, I guess. But mm-hmm. I really like the yo, the Oposo Gergensen's Yost line as like your fourth line, like they were a really good line. They are, and then the, the pair of your top six, I was like, okay, that's three lines you can roll out, and you're just going to deal with that trash third line. And now that now that they're screwing things up again by now putting Krebs with Oposo Gergensen's, which could be a fine line, it's going to be very low event. And yeah. I don't think that's really suits Krebs' style. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been able to adjust a little bit this season. I don't think he's been terrible when he's been with those guys, but it's like that's not really great for his development. Right. And Yost, who is very effective for the first two weeks, is now centering your two worst players on the team. You're going to see him sudden, crumble, his development crash you, all of a sudden. You're going to see his numbers go just way down. Yeah. And it comes down to the fact of I originally had the thought process that they should break up the first line to help the third line. Mm-hmm. I think the thought process should be is that one of those two guys just can't be on the uh, in the lineup. I mean, you got to pick one that can't be in the lineup because if you break them up, you're just screwing two lines now. I mean, mm-hmm. if one line's going to get screwed, then fine, but it can't be like mega screwed, which you're having the two on the team. And my opinion is this. Aspen and Olsen worked very well together when they were playing together early in the beginning of the year. Why don't, yeah. you, put, why don't you put Krebs in the center of them and have yeah. that be your third line, maybe a little bit high event, yeah, and you know, put Yost as the center of the fourth line again. With, with that line that was doing so well. And just, I mean, healthy scratcher, just get rid of middle stat. Like, it is not that hard to find a solution where then you have at least three good lines and a fourth line that is now, instead of being bad, at least could be competent. 
mm-hmm. has an opportunity to be confident. They, Don Granado is not giving them an opportunity. He keeps rotating a third dude in there. Like he's yeah. going to be the savior. Payne Krebs ain't going to be the savior. My boy Asplin came to the savior. Yost will not be the savior. I mean, I, I don't know who else they're going to try, but those guys, I mean, that line, those two players are just, no, I mean, you can't. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, but Casey Middlestat should, his nickname, whatever, is it's just black hole. I don't, I don't want to hear <laughs> it. Like, the dude just sucks development out of everyone and just tanks them. Like, Yost is going to just disappear, right? His numbers are going to go. That, that whole third line before I literally, I was sitting at the, the Sharks game with Morgan, my girlfriend, and <laughs> I was explaining to her every time Middlestat was on the ice, I'm like, watch this guy. He is not good. Every pass he attempted, woo, right, right, whiffed right past who it was going to. Dude couldn't pass. He lost the puck like eight times. I, oh, my God, Dom, I wanted to rip my eyes out. I couldn't couldn't even – I. I'm going to stop myself because I'm about to go on a middle stat tangent here. My face is literally turning red, but I, I just, he, he should be healthy scratch or trade him. Like put him with someone who has some decent trade value and get something out of it. You know, go for Chicharin, whatever his name was that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Chicharin. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I, I don't, <sighs> they gotta don't find, a, they gotta find a way to package him in a, to... to make him look good. He yeah. has some value. I mean, he's a half point a game player. Like someone will with young, youngish has some upside. Has a decent. He's gonna be an RFA, I believe, or he has one year left of like under under three million dollars. So his contract's pretty okay. So yeah, we just he gotta put some, a bandaid over the stab wound to make him look more appealing for people. He has some value, so it's not like they couldn't trade him and get apps like a seventh round pick. They could get something, I and mean, maybe not a lot of quality. So maybe at the package, some more quality stuff to get a good player. But he could definitely be a part of a package, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I think that's the frustration with the Lions right now. I don't mind any really the defensive pairings, other than I would preferably they stop playing Casey Fitzgerald over Lawrence Pilot because mm-hmm. Fitzgerald's really bad. But it just comes down to the fact of they're really playing those top two pairs a lot, and the third pair is really not getting that much ice time. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll see with that. And then you know, I gave you a week to think of good nicknames for the kid, the line. They call they call it the kid line now. Do we like that? No. I mean, I don't really have anything that great either to be honest. I got one, but it's other, a complete pirate from something else. Other but. than like Willie Mays was to say hey kid. Mhm. So you could do the say hey kids line, but that's the kid line. You could do something with their very high event, like they're very like they give up some chances defensively, but they produce so much offense. So it's like it's one of those lines where, like, when they're on the ice, you can't leave your seat because you're going to see something. You know, either yeah. they're going to give up a chance defensively or they're going to score a goal, and then you're going to be out. Of your, I mean, you're going to be out of your seat then, but you're not. You can't leave the seat. So I, I, I don't know. It's like the thriller line. Like, I mean, you just, it's just when they're on the ice, you get this thrill that something, you know, that itch that something's about to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, a good. <laughs> Just gave me an idea. Uh, the pee your pants line. Just forget the bathroom. Just oh you got to You got to You got to stay out oh there. Forget the bathroom. Come on. It's like watching. Oh it's like watching a big. It's like watching Avengers Endgame, man. You didn't get up and get out of the theater for that. You sat. You sat there uh, chugging your Snapple. You know, you knew it was going to happen, but you just had the bottle with you just in case. But it's oh the pee God. your pants line. No, I would. I would honestly. The kid line is just meh, like mid. I don't it's know. Generic. Yeah. Like I would honestly, I'd rather you call them the new kids on the block. Just completely rip <laughs> off a band name, you know. Like that's what I would call them. That would be my name it, personally. I just think that's better. New kids you know? on the block. I was thinking that I, was, I couldn't remember the band name, but I knew Mark Ruffalo's uh, brother was in the band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mean 
Mark Wahlberg. Who did I say? Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, got Marvel, Hulk. you got Marvel in my head. Yeah, yeah. No, I got Marvel on your mind. Yeah, no, Mark Wahlberg's brothers in the van. Yeah. Yeah. New kids on the block. That's what I would call them because they they're that's really they're making their their name known or the Peter Pants line. Those are those are Thriller, those are yeah. my two names. Say hey kids. I didn't think about it. this kid is too generic. Say say hey kids. Say I'm not gonna say Peter Pants because that's, that's but New Kids on the Block. Pick about the it. Lost Boys. The Lost Ooh, dude. I like the Lost Boys. The Goonies. You said Peter Pan, and that popped in my mind. Yeah, Goonies the, line. Yeah, the Lost Boys. Yeah. I like the Lost Boys, especially because because mm-hmm. they they never grow up, man. And never your last name's Lost. Yeah, I like the go. Lost Boys. We're gonna roll with that. All the right, Lost Boys. The that Lost is, Boys line. That. Look at that. The Lost Boys line. Look at that. Okay. All right. So we're gonna patent that. We're gonna put a trademark on it. No one can say it without giving us twenty five cents. All right. Go ahead, buddy. What are we, you gonna we say? Can try to attempt that. <laughs> um, so let's make some predictions now. Um, it's prediction time. Let's look at our predictions from last week. I think both of us said they were gonna go two and one. So mm-hmm. solid there. Yeah. We you predicted Skinner leads the team in goals, Tage and points. I predicted Quinn and Power. Quinn did have a two goal game, and Skinner had some goals. So. It wasn't that bad, but Cousins led the team with three goals. It's actually kind of, um, it's actually a really good mix of scorers. To be honest with you, there was a lot of people yeah. like everyone's getting the piece of the pie, man. A lot of people had two goals, so mm-hmm. Cousins with three was the top, and Cousins had eight points in the three games. He actually had that week. He had nine points in four games, which earned him the second star of the week in the National Hockey League behind Connor McDavid. So, congrats to the workhorse from Whitehorse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I love to see it. I love to see it. I, 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 like I said, like we said, everyone's getting a piece of the pie. That's what we were seeing in the beginning of the season. Then they went on that losing streak and now everyone's getting a piece of the pie again. You got to keep it up. You got to keep it up. I, I, I'm loving it so far. I'm excited. We're, we're going to, we're going to the game on Friday against the Penguins. Another good game. Yeah. Um, so, so their upcoming schedule is they play tomorrow in Columbus, which is, I think I'm not going to say must win, but. Then they get, nice. that, that's 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 an e- not easy, but that's a gettable two points. And then they have a home at home against uh, Pittsburgh Friday at home, Saturday in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's you know they're currently in the last playoff spot. They're six points behind Pittsburgh, so it's an opportunity really for them to maybe get put some pressure on Pittsburgh and uh, get there. So I think let me double check. I need to make sure to get yeah, only three games because Tuesday is the Kings game at home. So we'll talk about that one. So only, another only three game week, Joe. What is the Sabres record in those three games? I'm going to go three and oh, I think they, I think they run the table. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd love to see him run the table. Um, I, I think they can, it's not out of the question here um, at all, at all. It's not out of the question. What do you think? I, I think they're going to go two and one, two and I one. They're going to lose. I, I predict they're going to lose in Columbus, but then they're going to swoop the home and home against Pittsburgh. All right. That's not, it's not a bad take. I would like to see him beat the blue jackets. So, so I'm holding out hope. I'm going to go three and oh. So who, who, who do you think is the leading goal scorer this week? And who do you think has the most points this week? I think <laughs> I was going to say middle stat is a joke, but I'm not even going to go there. I just hate that guy. Um, I'm going to go. Honestly, I think Jack Quinn is going to lead leading goals. He's on fire. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see um, in points total. I want to say we're going to see. Tage? I don't know. I think he's going to have some good assists and a couple goals, too. So I think I w- Tage. I will predict the leading goal scorer will be Alex Tuck. Oh, he's been waiting for a breakout. I think. And I think. the points will be Rasmus Dahlin. Not bad. Not bad at all. So we shall see. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, definitely interesting. Um, 
I love that they play Pittsburgh twice. That'll that'll be cool to watch. We'll be in person on one, and we'll be watching on MSG or wherever it is uh, on the next one. And um, you know, hoping three and zero. But Dom, if two and one, good on you for picking that. So we'll see how that goes next week. But let's move into Would You Rather, Dom? Take it away, buddy. You got it. You got it this week. What, what do you got so, for me? The Heisman finalists were announced, and there was some controversy over Stenson Bennett the quarterback from Georgia being a finalist. Um, I, like many others, believe he only got it because his team's number one team in the country. He has a lot of talent around him. Mm-hmm. And he's really not the best. He shouldn't He shouldn't be considered, I believe, four, four quarterbacks. So he's not a top four quarterback in the country. No. And it's because of his, you know, the helmet on his, the decor on his helmet and uh, yeah. the players around him. So I think he's, I don't, I don't think he belongs to be in the discussion. He's also 25, so get a life. Um, yeah. So hey, a little, little off topic for a second here. Speaking of decor on helmets, um, the bears, are, the bears are getting a, um, a, a sticker on, on their helmet that says, if lost, please return to Aaron Rodgers because he owns them. So oh I, just, I want to, I want to, I want to throw that joke in there. I thought, you, I thought you were talking about your buddy, Aaron judge, potentially still being a Yankee. No, 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 you I, jinx I was, it? no, not saying a word. I'll that. jinx it. Cause I'm a real sex fan. Yeah. Aaron judge could still be a Yankee. Unfortunately. Yes. Um, unfortunately. So I want to give you, would you rather, Okay. Would you rather be Stenson Bennett, a Heisman finalist, play for the number one team in the country, but deep down everyone trashes you because you got there because, let's be honest, of the people around you and the right. program you're at? Or would you rather be like a guy like Max Duggan, TCU, a little bit of a smaller school, Big 12, elevate the people around you, get to the Heisman, get to the college football playoff, and become a Heisman finalist? So who would you rather be? I like I like Matt Duggan. I, I would rather I would rather be him. I I think people see that the fraudulence they smell it in the air. You know when when you when the program around you elevates you to that level, and you know like I feel like it's kind of a cop out to have him as a Heisman nominee. But I I I love I love the fact that he elevated the people around him and. I, I I would rather I'd rather be him in that situation. I'd rather elevate the people around me and be a better team because of me, you know. Yeah, I think so. I want it because of me. I I, I want it because of my excellence, not because right. my team around me. You know, I don't want to say carry because sense about yeah, he's a good he's a good player, but right. But you don't want the whispers behind you saying well, like, we're not going to pretend that if they, if Sense and Ben and Max Duggan traded places that it's the same. Would, they would both be hiding a finalist. No, I don't think since the men would be. So I yeah. think I think that's the thing for me. So no, I, I think it's I think it's pretty easy the choice to, you know, I want to fight for for my spot, my my proper right. I don't want to be handed to me like since the men. Now, right. I will say since the men walk on like he, you no, know, congrats to be on the field, but you got the University of Georgia. Like I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I I'm I'm with you though. I I'd rather I'd rather be him and and not have everyone else around me be him and i'm just meh you know so mm-hmm. i'd rather i'd rather it be that way but that, that was a good would you rather buddy i like that i like that a lot brought, the, Heis- brought the heisman into it i like it hey it was relevant relevant to the time i'm not but going with- to go do the heisman pose now That's yeah a bad idea for my legs <laughs> yeah but without further ado we're gonna kick it off into trivia i'm i'm actually gonna be asking the questions normally i fumble the bag on any questions <laughs> but dom we're gonna start off with the bills question as per usual um don't know i i haven't been keeping track it's been almost a year now um with mike asking questions so these could be repeats but just let me know uh 
first Bill's question, which former Buffalo running back was also a member of a world record sprint relay team while going to the University of Southern California? Your options for answers include. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, OJ Simpson. You got it. You got it. I was going to give you the options first to try and throw. You had to give me that. I, I, I was confused <laughs> at first. I honestly thought you were going to say like Marquise Goodwin. Oh, he, yeah. He was at Texas yeah. as a long jumper or maybe a sprinter. I believe he was, but, yeah. But like I was like, he's not a running back. And once you said Southern California, I was like, I, I OJ. Mean, I know, I know a certain Bills running back that went to the USC. Yeah, who cares about if gloves fit or not? Yeah, yeah. no, that guy. Okay, it's cold. He's got to make sure. Yep, exactly. So, <laughs> so Sabers, Sabers question. You're probably gonna get this in a heartbeat. Oh my God, but that that book of that was Sabers a good question, knowledge. Joe. I'm gonna be honest. Was it? Oh, thanks. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Which Buffalo Sabers general manager once drafted a player? That did not exist. Oh my god, I don't know this one. No, I know it's. I, I listen. I know it's Sosimoto, and I know it was in the nine. I think it was the nineteen seventies. Was it not? Um, I believe so. Let me get more information on this. I let's see. I don't want to look anything up because I don't want to get spoiled the answer. But I honestly do not know who the GMs of the Sabers were before, like Darcy Gear in the nineties. So. Um, hmm. it was. Oh, I know who it is. What it year is, was it? Uh, it nineteen seventy four. Yeah, I thought it was seventy four. I was gonna say seventy four. Um, I want to say. Oh, see, Floyd Smith was the head coach in the first season. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Scott Bowman. You're close. It's Punch Imlek or however no, you say his name. No, no. Oh my God, I did. He know selected star name. center Taro Tsujimoto of the Japan Ice Hockey League's Tokyo Katanas in the eleventh round of the NHL draft. In the NHL NHL draft, the NHL made the draft pick official, and it was reported by media outlets that he did not exist. So, <laughs> what a what a Sabers move that was. You were close though. Scotty Sad. Bowman was on the the possible answers list, so I should have given you the the possible. That's all good. That one, but, I, just, yeah. I remembered someone named Punch, but I can't remember his last name. All right. You want the final question here? I mean, I can't really say no, so. All right. <laughs> it's a Bandits question since they started their season. 0-1. 0-1. Tough game. They were in it, out of it, in it, out of it, in it, out of it, officially out of it. Rendell might be coming back. Might be coming back. Might be making a return, uh, hopefully, because we get some more content. But question three. During the 1990s, when did Buffalo Bandits win the National Lacrosse League Championships? When were those banners hung? They won in 08. They won in 97. They won 93, 94. They won. Let's see. I'm looking at league titles here. Okay. 1992, 1993, 96, and 08. Mm, so I got two. Yes, you got two of them. So it was 92, 93, 96, 08. And then 08, you actually got a bonus because that wasn't even in the question. It was only during the 90s. So see, so. no, I was I was close. I mean, I was a year off. I was had I I had one year too early on the the back to back. I yeah. knew they had I knew they had another one like a couple years afterwards. So then I was I was suddenly just a year ahead of my 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 theory if i backed up everything a year i would have got all three. Oh, yeah no you would have but no it was a valiant effort good job <laughs> thank you uh, i try <laughs> <laughs> but without further ado that's going to end it for this episode of the buffalonian podcast i'm joe Kelly, and i was joined by dom loss and dom how do you always end these buddy 
Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.